Welcome to Stuck in the Middle with you. Okay, I'm going to stop now. (laughs) Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I'm surprised we made it. This is episode nine. I'm surprised we made it this far without getting, without being contacted by Jerry Rafferty's estate. We're not oh, that uh, important. Um, we will be, hopefully. Someday. I don't want to be. Oh man. Okay, okay, that's that's good enough. Okay, that's good enough. Okay, so. Welcome to episode nine of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film, and well, you know what we do here. Come on, this is episode nine. Yeah. You know, see on what side of the consensus we fall on. My name is Derek Godding, and my partner in crime's name is Juan Barkeen. Say hi, Juan. Hi, Juan. This was a fun one. I really liked this one. I mean, I, I had fun with it. I don't I don't know if I really liked it. I have, like, <laughs> I almost I feel like I came in expecting too much from a movie titled Chopping Mall. That's right. We have decided to do Chopping Mall, the 1986 yeah. slasher, low-budget slasher, by uh, B. Autour Jim Wynorski. It's a it's a it's, it's a movie. It's there's, a movie there's... with killer robots. Yeah, it's called which was Chopping originally Ball? yeah. It's called apparently. Chopping Ball, but originally the working title was Killbots, and which the... I think is a far far better title. Like I would have probably, I don't know. Like I feel like Chopping Mall sets the expectation high on like sheer genius level B movie, but this I think this that's was because that. you, you attribute a lot of artistic uh, value to the pun. Of course I do. Which I don't, so maybe that's why I'm not as disappointed. I know, because you're terrible, and that's okay. But <laughs> but I would have called this movie, well, Killbots, while it, that's a good title, and that's what the, uh, the robots are referred to uh, in the credits, I would have called this movie Laser Taser Mall Cops. Eh. No, it doesn't have the same ring as just, like, kill bots. Laser taser! No, no. no. <laughs> Loser. So back to that opening credits montage, because, that like... credits montage is something else, because it is... Because it's like the Koya Niskatsi of, like, mall culture. <laughs> kind of. Like, right down to the sped-up footage of a kid in an elevator with an ice cream cone. No, 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 no. And there's, okay, like, people okay, no, rushing. No, 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 Because it wasn't just him and the – like, it was it was the people – like, the shot was of the people speedily entering and leaving it. But then it just, like, cuts to this close-up of him covered in ice cream. <laughs> but they had this- – like- <laughs> No, no, they had the shot of him before with the ice cream. Before yeah, but all like, it made no sense. But a lot of the comedy in this film makes no sense. There's a lot of blackout gags. There's a lot yeah. of just weird, weird, goofy shit in this movie. And it, which is weird because the intro of the film is kind of a fake out. It seems more like the kind of movie you're expecting from the title Absolutely. Uh, of Chopping Mall, where it's uh, just like a, a ruffian breaking windows, stealing jewelry, and being basically leveled by these um inferior versions of the um of the robots from robocop basically and like then you find out it's a short film within a film it's a it's a promotional short and uh in the audience watching this are for some reason that me and Juan can't make heads or tails of are paul bartell and mary warrenov reprising their characters from the paul bartell film eating raul which makes no sense whatsoever, but I will admit they were one of my favorite parts of that movie because, like, like they were just killing it with this ridiculous line delivery. And Goofy that is, is exactly – yeah, like, that goofiness is exactly what I wanted from 
this movie like through and through, which yes, it has its beats of it, but like, it's not as good as like, just, just Paul Bartel turning over to her and being like, they remind me of your mother. It's the laser eyes. And like it's just but here's such the a thing. stupid it's, line. But all I the lines it. that they say are stupid. Mary Waranov turns to Paul Bartel beforehand and says, they remind me of the Three Stooges. In what universities kill bots look I like know. the Three Stooges? I know. And then Paul Bartel like, tells Mary Waranov, uh, you, you, I think you have the full line. I only have a part of it. I think he said something about he like the middle like one. He doesn't like the one in the middle because yes. he has an unpleasant ethnic quality about it. Yes, him. an unpleasantly ethnic quality. Which is which, just like, as dumb as – it's the dumbest thing ever and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the film. So but I don't think the – like I don't think the film maintains that level of like sheer giddy dumbness even though it is like dumb as shit. And I don't know. Ma- like again, dis- maybe I'm, I'm going expecting to dis- more. I'm going to disagree with you on that Are specific you? because it's so nakedly embraces cliche. It is so – prototypical it is so it is so lean it can't help but like be this getty celebration of slasher film cliche bolstered by goofy humor and like movie dork name drops because it wouldn't be a b slasher if it weren't for like completely obvious like movie name drops i think (laughs) now that you (laughs) mentioned that there's this one bit where um well let me set up the movie there's a bunch of like there's these three couples in the mall Having a little, like, mini party, and then, surprise, they get attacked by fucking haywire robots who, like, essentially freak just... Freak electrical storm. The, yeah, uh, freak electrical short circuits storm. Short-circuits to computers. <laughs> it's, no, I mean, it is, like, if we're just going to analyze this film... It's by the books. For plot? Fuck. No, it's completely by the books, because the characters, they have names, but they might as well be called Jock, Nerd, Free Spirit, Good Girl, Tomboy, and, um... The guy that reminds me of Otter, not Otter, but um, Otter. Uh, who, who's the dude that Peter Rybert plays in Animal House? Dude, come <laughs> on. Like, you act like I'm going to remember that. Like, uh, Oh, is it? No, it's Boone. He reminds me of Boone from Animal House. Okay, that works. So let's go with um, Boone from Animal he, House. Yeah, yeah, Literally funny. the only names I remember from this movie are Freddie and Allison because they were like the like the like I guess the quote unquote main couple. Yeah, but who like make it. Who <laughs> make it. <laughs> oh man, that's that's one of my favorite cheesy things in movies is when people refer to the act of sex as making it. Oh no, no, no. That's not oh my god, no. I'm literally talking about the couple that like survives as making mm. it, not like mm. the couple that makes it. Because there were like no <laughs> No, not that couple. I don't, I don't know if anyone refers to sex as making it in this film, but it feels... I don't think they do, but it, it feels, feels like, like the it. kind of world that they would. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, these uh, they stay after hours to have a party that they're not supposed to have. With the these plan- dang youths. These dang youths. And uh, with the uh, proviso that they'd get out after the mall locks down with like massive Star Trek steel doors. <laughs> yeah, like... They're so <laughs> unnecessary. Like, what fucking mall like oh, has man. that kind of intensity? This is not a spaceship. This and, is a fucking mall. But yeah, I mean, one thing leads to another. The killbots go haywire. They they get cornered and they can't leave by the time that the mall goes under lockdown and they have to survive the night. 
You have to dun, beat the kill buttons. So I, it I is the dumbest say, plot, but it's it really fun. It is the fun. dumbest plot in the world, but I have to say, like, okay, so the first kill scene is like the <laughs> dude who runs the supercomputer, and like he literally gets who has like a killed. passing resemblance for, for like a contemporary David Cronenberg. Barely. I mean, I can kind of see. Yes, it, but, it like, has barely. a bit same big glasses, kind of slender face. Okay, if you say so. But anyway, <laughs> he's looking. He's looking at a porn he's magazine. He's just looking magazine. at titties. Yeah. He's staring at titties, and then he gets killed, and it kills him through the porn magazine. Yeah, like, basically, like these... It just shoots out this fucking, like, I don't know, like... These kill bots have, like, here. a grappling hook or something? A or I grappling think it's... hook that can magically, like, slice through a throat? I, think I don't that's like, understand. You know, I think that's, like, their taser. I think that's, like, a dart, a taser dart at the end of it. It's no, because, like, how same... would that slash through their throat? I, it maybe like, just, I listen, don't know. I don't care. Listen, really. no, I have a lot of issues with, like, their killing style and, like, just just, just their design. Like, it frustrates me as someone who, like... They kind of they kind of look like, if you... You remember BattleBots, man? Yes. Imagine, like, BattleBots crossed with the character of Alpha from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? No. <laughs> and that's basically what these killbots look like. But that's the thing, like I'm not I'm fine with how they look. I don't give a shit about how they look. I'm bothered by the fact that they like they're killing. I don't get it. I don't get their skills. So like this entire <laughs> okay, so the entire movie essentially like sets them up as like these unstoppable killing machines yeah but like they're unstoppable just through the fact that they can like grapple you and like tase you and then all of a sudden like after this really gratuitous shot of like one of the characters asses just like bouncing up and down down the hallway in like this little like playboy bunny oh that's right <laughs> underpants her just ass no, this, just moving i was no, like oh movie, my god michael bay saw this um th this movie follows the great 80s tradition of completely gratuitous tna oh of course because i mean this dude ended up making busty cops so like that's right of course this but would have that here here's the thing with this is also i just want to point out one thing in this regard is that the restaurant where two of the girls work at has like a gym changing room Yes. I've never I've never I've never seen that in my entire <laughs> life ever, but it's amazing. It is oh man. Okay, I, so like I said, I, there's a kind of naked embrace of of tropes and artifice in this movie. I don't know if it was deliberate, but I'm fully on board with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, what I was trying to get to was that after this shot and like just seeing these robots essentially kill people through like Really basic, basic fucking... Lasers just like, and tasers. No, 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 no. No lasers. No lasers whatsoever. No lasers whatsoever at that point. Really hung like, up on, like... No, no, no. Like, like all of a sudden, killing abilities. Yes, all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, the thing just starts shooting lasers. And I'm like, wait, why didn't it shoot lasers before? Like, it makes no... It just exploded her fucking head. And, like, okay, <laughs> like, they seemed really cheap and innocuous outside of, like, minor murder capabilities. Minor <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. They were so basic. Like, like I'm just gonna push you. Like, I'm gonna hit you with this grappling. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they've got taser. like a maybe they got like a limited supply of like laser fire. I don't know. No, <laughs> because after the first laser, which exploded her fucking head, the laser gets so good. Like the laser shots get so fucking gratuitous. Like. 
And like the their lasers are really their, pro- their programming's all fucked up, man. I, mean, I know, but the lasers are so inconsistent. Like I know this isn't something I should complain about in like a trashy <laughs> low budget movie, but like sometimes they bounce off mirrors, <laughs> sometimes they cut through steel, sometimes they just like lightly burn someone and like make it look like a gunshot. Like it makes no fucking sense all right, whatsoever. So, yeah, so weapon consistency <laughs> Like we I go from, want weapon consistency. Here's the thing: we go from White House down, which has a massive amount of tech fetishism, <laughs> to to a shopping mall, which has zero tech fetishism. It's mostly just a means to an end. Who cares? I know, but I'm bitter. But anyway, this, but I'm not, like I'm less on board for the the weapons consistency, but more for the goofy humor. I'd like to point out one gag early on. Oh, where please. we're still at the restaurant and they're having this conversation uh, where the two uh, female oh leads God, are having a fucking, conversation. Yeah, I know exactly. And first of all, just that whole interaction with the chef and the plate of pizza just shattering on the ground. And that's just bonkers. But that whole <laughs> that whole sequence ends with sort of a slovenly customer signaling to the two waitresses who are a bit further off in the distance, waitress, more butter, and then an immediate cut to the next scene. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Some of the cuts in this movie are like, they make no sense whatsoever. Oh, I was going to say some of them are really inspired. Some of them are really inspired. Some of them are terrible. Well, I want to point out two of them. Uh, There's one one that's a smash cut from a cheesy sci-fi movie, a black and white sci-fi movie that's playing on television during this party. Smash cut to someone ringing a mop with like gray goop in it. And that mop is being pushed by legendary character actor Dick Miller. Who gets killed off after like a span of what, like two minutes? And total waste of Dick Miller's capabilities here. I know. Also, I want to mention, like, I'm very curious to what happened to those two other janitors who were antagonizing him. They left. They they, they, I know, but why didn't they get killed on the way out? Like, I've, I feel bitter that, like, the, everyone else other, struggled so much. Because they had they their just... ID badges, I guess. Listen. Everyone had their fucking ID badges. I would like to point out that when the jock dude gets killed, he doesn't keep his ID still. It's very probable that the robot couldn't read Oh my god, I hate you so much. (laughs) I mean, this is a thing that I'm discovering about us during this podcast, is that I can suspend my disbelief way more than you can. I can absolutely suspend my disbelief. That's why I watch fucking Fast and Furious movies, Derek. Yeah, no, but I'm better at it than you. Well, I'm better than you. Whatever. Okay, Derek. And the second okay. cut, the second, the the particularly inspired cut, I think my favorite cut in the film, was a cut from Dick Miller's freshly electrified corpse right into the frat dude saying, you know smoking's bad for you. It's bad for your health. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you, <laughs> you, terrible. you, so-and-so. Oh, my uh, God. And which leads to another completely gratuitous shot of, 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 of titties. Yes, it does. Probably the most gratuitous shot of titties in the film. This movie does a lot of gratuitous titty shots. I got a, I got a note here that says casual sexual assault is so 1980s. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a lot of kind of casual titty grabbing, butt grabbing. There's a lot of like, – It is very 1980s re- though. Really, really intense displays of affection. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of dis- intense displays of affection, can we talk about the first time that Freddie and Allison meet? And like, you know, they're they're both so worried because they're like, oh, oh I don't you mean know what you this mean you mean and this guy are gonna look you mean like. you mean Ferdy, right? What? 
His name's not Freddy. It's Ferdy. Oh, it's Ferdy? Oh, my he's God. Gotta, he's got to have, like, some dumbass nerd name because that's, like, okay. the law. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Okay, so Ferdy and Allison, when they meet Allison for the first played, time. Allison played by the uh, the Carrie great Carrie Maroney. Carrie Maroney from, uh, from fan favorite Night of the Comet. Love her. Um, she's, really, she's really good in this movie. She really is good. Uh, she's so much better in Night of the Comet, though, but whatever. That's, that's oh, Night of the Comet's also Comet a better is, movie. Yeah, it is. But so, like, Ferdy and Allison meet for the first time, and she just literally, like, she spins around really slowly in the chair while this really cheesy 80s music plays. The music in and, this like, movie is fucking just, amazing. Yes, it is way. amazing. I will stand by that. But they just go, they just look at each other, and it goes, hi, hi. <laughs> and like the people around them like obviously make fun of this too because like it's such like it's so giddy and ridiculous and I loved every moment of that scene. Like well, in terms of performance in this film, I mean the acting isn't great, but it's like fundamentally. But I feel like everyone knows enough about Oh what everyone doing. knows everyone knows in what kind of movie they are. I mean Yes. I mean, especially like, you know, vets like Paul Bartel and Mary Warrenov, Dick Miller. Well, no shit. I mean, but they were in it for like the span of what, like two minutes. Oh, know? they were in there in that movie for like two minutes apiece. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I really like this movie when it gets especially ridiculous, which and is it doesn't always... pretty often because uh, it's like, pretty often. I would not... like to, I'd like to point to Barbara Crampton's death scene, aka the free spirit. Okay. Uh, where she gets zapped in the leg, then kind of crawls kind of poorly and you think that the kill bot's gonna run over but instead because the other girls brought like molotov cocktails <laughs> she gets set on fire and just burns there yeah that like the thing just shoots completely ridiculous but really amusing that was like probably one of my like i didn't care that much for that death scene i kind of thought some of the death scenes were a little like too underwhelming uh this other couple the the one that owns her business and um her boyfriend. Yeah, the, the the tomboy and the and Boone. <laughs> yeah, tomboy and Boone. Uh, that that works. These are these are good little little things. Yeah, so um, archetypal are these characters that we can yeah, just name them like that. Their death scene was so like blah. It just happened. Like I I I was so disappointed because they were actually like kind of cool characters, comparatively <laughs> speaking to like other characters in this movie and like <laughs> i don't know like i just i wanted more tomboy had one of my absolute favorite lines in the movie mm. which like she's just exasperated after dealing with all of this bullshit and like watching her friends get killed and stuff or not friends her like these people get killed she puts her hands on her head falls down and goes i guess i'm not used to being chased around a mall in the middle of the night by killer robots oh my god <laughs> Oh, I'm no. like, no, I'm I'm all for that. I love it. I love it. I that am was fully like on favorite board. line, but like she was wasted. She was wasted. I forget who says this line. I think it's Boone, the Boone character. Mm -hmm. Although, yeah, I think it's the Boone character, and they're about to like uh, go uh, and you know unload some shells into the robots, and he says, "Let's go send these fuckers a Rambogram." Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> and this is after the nerd character says in reply to, "Do you know how to use a handgun?" He says, "Yes, I've seen Dirty Harry twenty-four, 24 times." Twenty-four times. <laughs> twenty-four times. And immediately following that, they have this beautifully ridiculous standoff between these three men shooting guns and this machine shooting lasers, and then the tank uh, of gas that uh, like 
like okay this is this is one of like my least favorite cuts in the movie all right they shoot the fucking tank of gas that like explodes in front of the robot and like essentially we assume kills it but like we just see the explosion happen they cut back to the men like in a just giant pile of smoke and then it cuts away to the two women in the air vent and then like it's literally just them talking and her being like oh i'm kind of worried and then just cutting straight back to the guys. Oh, that was it a weird makes cut. no sense whatsoever because that standoff is such like a well done scene. And then they just insert these like women talking. And like, I just, I don't know, like it was just such a garbage scene just <laughs> inserted in there because they could have just had the air vent moment immediately after they finished the standoff or immediately before they finished the standoff. Also, why do the robots have different color lasers? They're like Ninja Turtles, man. I mean, you got to differentiate them. Oh, I hate this movie. <laughs> don't. That's a lie. I like I like I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like I could like actively recommend this movie to like, people. Like I would I would buy this movie. On, like, Blu-ray. I know you would buy this movie on Blu-ray. You're fucking... You're terrible. Anyway. I would like to point out that this film's score, as I mentioned before, is fucking great. Because it's... I'm sure the guys who scored the video game Doom listened to this score at one point. And I'm like... Probably. that's what we gotta do. Because it's... It's 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 so deliciously eighties and synthy uh, and like action. It's like the peak of eighties scores. It's like (laughs) peak eighties action synth score. It's Not really even fun. just action synth because it bounces pretty reasonably between like these like like thrillery beats and like and even the like sort that of romantic mo- fucking yeah that like sort of light legato moment yeah yeah uh, the mu- uh, the the music in the film was composed by one Chuck Serino who uh, other than uh, what else has he done he has scored uh, the direct to video sequel to Death Stalker Death Stalker Two uh, wow. the the Return of the Swamp Thing. And uh, is a most popular credit, according to IMDb, is a TV series called The Lair, which was create, which is directed by um, no, uh, low budget cinema legend Fred Olin Ray. And uh, let me read this out for you: the the IMDb summary of this. Oh boy! The, the Lair is a private gay club run by vampires who use the club as a source for attractive young men to feed from. Tom, a local journalist in the small island town, begins digging into the anonymous bodies, turning up drained of blood, endangering his boyfriend, and coming to the attention of the head vampire, Damien, who sees Tom as the reincarnation of his own dead lover. I'm going to go down with this, like, immediately. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. That sounds, um, like, a, that sounds like a hoot and a half, man. This sounds like the most me show ever. It and has... I'm, like, 1,000% sure Alan Ball saw this before starting his career. Like, when did this come out? It's it's an ongoing series. It started in 2007. Oh, my God, no. So this, like, this is post-Alan Ball's existence. Oh, my God, this is... Yeah, this is gay vampires, man. A gay vampire this is mystery. Gay vampire mystery. I need this in my life. <laughs> oh my god. I, I thought you would get a kick magnificent. out of that. This is magnificent. This is magnificent. I. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so excited now. This suddenly, like, this just makes everything so much better. <laughs> but um. I'd like to point out also that Carrie Maroney. This is the second straight movie in which her father. Her unseen father, or maybe we see her father in Night of the Comet, where her father is a military type, because her right. dad's a marine in this movie, and it's also another movie where she's a crack shot. I, I kind of love that, like Kelly Maroney just like gets 
placed into these situations where she just solves everything around like people who don't always solve everything. <laughs> like now that I think about it, like this trope of like young woman who has like a military ish background saving the day kind of like plays out still to this date way more than I expected it to. But like G.I. Jane or some shit? Not just G.I. Jane, but like I was just thinking like, oh my god, that's like your next plays into that okay. trope pretty well. And um, I mean, although it like jokes about it as well. I mean, your next in general just jokes about a lot of things. But um, but yeah. It jokes um, about the existence of Joe Swanberg. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world should joke about the existence of Joe Swanberg. And also have, it jokes about the existence of Ty West. <laughs> I don't I don't have an opinion on Mr. Swanberg or Mr. West for that matter. I've only seen one of his one of his movies. See, I've seen and I've seen a grand total of zero Joe Swanberg jams, so. Really? Yep. I've seen two. Uh Not two directed that. by him. And I've yeah. seen all of Ty West's films except for Cabin Fever 2. Did he do Cabin Fever 2? I believe he did. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we, back you, to the film at hand. Yeah, you have like a billion notes. I only have that I've I've exhausted pretty much all I'm of my notes. I'm pretty much like you, I'm pretty much got? almost done with all my notes. Um I love this this kind of cheesy fun 80s slasher thing. I know you do. It's just so pleasant. <laughs> I I don't know if this movie is rated like R. It's probably rated R because there's titties, right? I would assume so. There's but titties it, and there's violence. And there's like sort of implied sex. But yeah. take that out. Take that. Like I think they needed that to get to the seventy-seven minute mark. <laughs> Probably, but the Can thing is, like, they, and it's no, 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 because like apparently there's like an original cut of this movie that's like an hour and ninety-three half. minutes, and I don't understand how they could fucking fill up that time. No, the movie there's just like more of Paul Paul Bartel <laughs> and uh, Mary Warrenoff just like talking. Because I would watch an entire movie of that. I, I feel like, like I should watch Eating Raul now just because of them. Yeah, the only Paul Bartel jam I've seen is Death Race 2000, which I really like. Same, liked. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the movie where Sly Stallone didn't want to go bare ass, so he had just like a like a towel over his butt during a scene, <sighs> which is a shame. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, I, like the, I really like this movie in part because it's so short and lithe. Like I think that's like a plus. Like a lot of movies are like half hour too long. The, that's true. Like we did Sex in the City earlier in this podcast run. That movie was like forty five minutes too long. I know you hated Sex in the City and Jolene's length. I whatever. But it's not just these movies. It's like most movies. Have, no, it's true. I think most people, most movies are too bloated for I their own good. I can't imagine this movie being a couple reels longer. Yeah. And the fact that it's only about eighty minutes is like perfect because it doesn't stop for a second. There's always something happening. Oh, I mean, like I think it takes its sweet time to get to. Get to work. Uh, hang on. <laughs> that is not how I feel about this movie. That is how I feel about White House Down. Um, <laughs> but I think it, it took its. I don't know. I, maybe I am expecting a little too much from this tiny ass movie. Maybe it's because like I just saw like Ex Machina and like I also spent a lot of time like wondering like, hmm, how much self awareness and intelligence on like how to manipulate themselves and the objects around them do these robots have? Because like. There's this one bit where, like, the robot literally just like, creeps into this, like, crevasse in, like, the wall <laughs> in, like, right, the right. mall. Like a... And then it just turns itself off and waits it... patiently. Here's the like... answer. Here's the answer. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, <laughs> It doesn't Derek, fucking matter but, at all. Like, 
I'm curious sometimes. Uh, again, I blame this all on like the fact that like I just saw Ex Machina, and I'm like very like you can toss about, like, you can like toss questions at the the diegesis all you want, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I know it doesn't really matter, and it's a fun little movie, and blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty um, much. But yeah, um, I think we've exhausted our topics on this one. I think it's time to go straight to uh, to recommendation, not recommendation. I'm sorry, I have not exhausted my topic because oh, okay. I still have to yell, "Hey." Have a nice day. <laughs> because that is, um, that is a really beautiful final line for Kelly Maroney to just also like, okay, I'm gonna like bring this up. I hate that like this fucking dude just essentially Ferdy just essentially plays dead the entire time she's saving the fucking day. And then he comes back to her and he's just like and they're like it's just like this like big romance shit and I'm just like, I'm not here for this. She you deserve better, girlfriend. Like <laughs> They just met. I mean, this was like ostensibly their first date. <laughs> I know, and he played dead when he like she just did everything. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she was more capable. He played. He played I dead know, because the robots wouldn't spot him. I'm fine with that. That's whatever. I guess whatever. Anyway, so it's time for ratings. It's, yeah, clearly it's fresh for you. I would. I assume. think this is fresh. This was fun. This was a blast. I really I like this. One. Um, it's a it's a ridiculously goofy. Violent without really being violent, really fun piece of work. It's so light on its feet, and so enjoyable. So like it, it's a real unpretentious film. It doesn't have the pretense of being anything more than like a schlocky B movie, like B slasher. And I'm all for that. It's 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 a fun time. Get together with some friends. Watch it alone. This is this is not a like this is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. This isn't like the kind of thing where it's like, oh look at how shitty this movie is. It's really legitimately fun. And I highly recommend you see this movie. I wouldn't call it good either though. I don't see this is like this is where I fall into like my my frustrating like do I give this a fresh, do I give this a rotten? Because I wouldn't like actively recommend this as like a like a, you oh, I, should totally I, I go out of your film. way. I know you would buy this film. You're you're terrible, and that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I fall on the fresh or the rotten side. I almost want like I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know. Listen to your heart, man. Listen to your heart. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna keep singing. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a fresh. Why not? <laughs> this is the second time this has happened. What, this that I've been coaxed into, like, another... And that you've been coaxed specifically into a fresh rating by a movie I've recommended. Have I? Wait, which the one was the one other was one? was Hardware. I wasn't coaxed into that. I genuinely, like, from the very moment I saw that movie, I gave it a fresh. Like, I knew that was going to be a fresh. This one, I actually have, like, oh, no, some no, trouble. I, actually, no. It was, I coaxed you into a rotten. Yeah, for White House Down. Because I was tempted to give it just a pass. But, like, I didn't want to give it a pass. This is the exact opposite case of that. So it's, you're going to give it a fresh? Yeah, why not? Uh, I wouldn't actively recommend it, but it is a fun movie. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a qualified fresh. Yeah, it's a fun enough movie that I don't think deserves a rotten. Um, I wouldn't, like, actively... Again, I like I, I just wouldn't be recommending it to everybody. I think it's a very, like, specific niche of people who will enjoy this movie. So, uh, so a qualified fresh from you and a full-on fresh from me. We agree yes. again. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! We're so amazing, and I kind of just like really want to go watch Eating Raul. Like, I should wait, probably like. get on that. Without further ado, Derek, I'm going to go ahead and make my recommendation. 
All right, go ahead. Because you picked the movie. Um, That's right. My recommendation, as um, I mean, it, it should be pretty obvious, is going to be Night of the Comet because right. I fucking loved Night of the Comet when I saw it. I remember finding it because it was Jason Eisner. Oh, Jason Eisner yeah. of Hobo with a Shotgun fame posted or reblogged a rad dude, Jason Eisner. He really is. I fucking love his blog and everything. Uh, he always posts about like these great '80s movies, and he reblogged a photo set of Night of the Comet that I thought was the most gorgeous fucking thing in the world. And power I believe shot you had after just power re- shot. Yeah, exactly. And I believe you had also recently seen it, and I brought it up to you, and you were just like, "Oh, you should watch that movie." And I'm like, "You know what? Let's do it." And I fucking adored it so much. Catherine Mary Stewart and Kelly Maroney are like a perfect girl power duo. This movie is so. I don't want to say like ahead of its time. It's a post-apocalyptic time, like, adventure film and set in Los Angeles. Yeah, and it's only like seven hundred thousand bucks. Like it's gorgeously shot. It Good has use of this orange. Very yeah, this aesthetic that they come up with is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, no, I just I really dig that movie. I think everyone should watch it. It has a, a double positive from us. So you know, do that. So what's your recommendation this week, Derek? My recommendation is uh, the link is going to be uh, the. Um, the free spirit of the film, Barbara Crampton. She was in a little movie called Reanimator, directed what? by Stuart Gordon. Which is a delightful movie. Which is another one of these delightful, schlocky 80s jams that I'm entirely on board with. Jeffrey Coombs is the man. He's really good in this. Absolutely. Uh, it ha- I really like uh, – it has one of my favorite sort of intro credit sequences. It's really gross and really, really funny, and it's amazing. It's really cool. Uh, Reanimator, get on it. Awesome. So, Juan, I didn't ask you what we're watching in two weeks. What are we watching in two weeks? I don't know. Um, so I gave you a little taste of, of what the, what the film was going to be. And it's a, it's a pretty old film. I don't think I've seen it in like a decade, maybe a little less. Uh, but I'm very curious to revisit it. And it right. conveniently has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars two women who I pretty much adore, one of whom I think is totally underrated. And her name is Uma Thurman. Okay. And it also stars Meryl Streep. Uma Thurman and Meryl Streep. Yes. This movie is about two women who get a new and unusual perspective on the doctor-patient relationship in this romantic comedy. I'm still drawing a blank. Really? Okay, so like... It's prime. <laughs> um, it's prime. Like, yeah, it's it's called prime. It's a it's Uma Thurman's like she just went through a divorce and she starts seeing a therapist, which is uh, Meryl Streep. I have no fucking and, um, idea what this is. Really? Okay, so oh like God. okay, like Uma Thurman meets this guy, and it ends up being that he's the son of um, the therapist that she's seeing. Oh no. So yeah, uh, I, I, I just love Uma Thurman and Meryl Streep, and I feel okay. like that's kind of guiding it, and I haven't seen this movie in, like, forever, but I'm very curious to see if it's actually decent or not. Um, this is 2005? Yeah, 2005 or 2006, I'm pretty sure. Yes, 2005, according to RT. All right, so two weeks from now, we are doing Prime, Prime directed by, by Ben Younger. Ben Younger. If you're interested in seeing Juan and I's writing, we have a website, uh, themthehouselights.com. That's where all of our long-form film criticism goes. We also work with three other writers, 
Michelle Arf, Chris Mello, and Ross Burks. We're also on Twitter. I'm at Derek underscore G. Juan is at Woe, W-O-A-H, it's Juanito. And we're also on Letterboxd at the same place. If you're interested in listening to our back catalog, our other episodes, you can go to our site's Tumblr page, which is sitmwypodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll find links to our Twitters, our Letterboxes, our RSS feed, and also a link to our iTunes show page. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review, give us a rating, give us some feedback, man. We crave that. Our other writing online, you can find me at Sound on Site. You can find one at Yam Magazine and the Miami New Times. I think that's everything. So, uh, yeah, we're doing Prime in two weeks, and so see you in two weeks. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Have a nice day.